just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. And it's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. Oh, I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year thinking we're going to be the shit. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS. Now in its third season, somehow. We're, we're like the Traquan Smith of Saints <laughs> podcasts. We just, no matter how long we're absent, we just keep coming back over and over again for no reason. Uh, and we, we are have the, a handful of fans. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a handful of very niche fans. Yes, there's one person in the Superdome every week wearing the number 10 of Trey Quan Smith, and it's probably and, his mom. And much like our podcast, they're probably related to him. Yes. <laughs> we are the Irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. We will have sponsors this year to be announced once we get all that ironed out. Um, I'm Jacob Krasno, alongside my trusty co-hosts, Sean Haspel and Allison Pratt. And uh, this year we're joined by a producer, Bryce Heigl. Bryce will be with us, but uh, to be determined whether or not he'll ever weigh in. We'll see. Nobody knows what he looks like, what he sounds like, if he's even real. He could just be my split personality, uh, you know. Yeah, are you sure? Point. Are we sure Bryce isn't just like a collective hive mind of like our, I don't know, fever dream saints fed imaginations or like, is he even a real person? He's we'll my find out. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned this year to black and gold BS to find out is Bryce real. When I drink 15 Miller lights at the uh, LSU bar, I will turn into a man named Bryce. <laughs> exactly 15, <laughs> not one more, not one less. That would disrupt everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a delicate balance, you know. Um, anyway, okay. So the preseason happened. Saints cut the roster down to 53 people. Um, there were a few surprises, I thought, on the roster. Uh, so let's let's start with that. Um, we just joked about Traquan Smith somehow remaining on the team for what seems like 10 years, even though he's always hurt. And to me, that that was like the biggest surprise was that he didn't practice all training camp, made the team. And Jalen Smith, uh, a linebacker we signed in the middle of training camp to come in and kind of be the third guy who absolutely was laying the wood on dudes during preseason games, got cut. Phrasing? And what phrasing <laughs> yes they cut him and he ended up on the practice squad i thought that was odd you know and uh last year we talked about how uh dennis allen sometimes has some funky roster construction going on but what did you all think were there any surprises um anybody you thought should have made it didn't make it etc cetera, etc cetera? i think the biggest surprise of uh the the roster churn was the exit of Bradley Roby and the crowning of Alante Taylor as their starting nickelback. Um, it was like the team and, and Alante himself were pretty open about uh, Alante needing to learn how to play nickel. It's like not as easy as a lot of fans think. It's like, oh yeah, he's like 
just play your three best corners and like bump one of them inside. It's like an entirely different skill set, both like physically and mentally. Um, and in terms of like run support and coverage, uh, and Alante did not look great um, during uh, his limited action, at least um, in in the live preseason games. I, I think he gave up a touchdown uh, on a busted coverage uh, to the was it the Chiefs? I think maybe, but. They're betting on his talent and athleticism and uh, we're willing to part ways with Bradley Roby. Um, it, it's one of those deals where our secondary has been so good for the last handful of years, like really since Den- Dennis Allen uh, took over the defense that like you have to give them the benefit of the doubt to an extent, like even, I mean, we not to re-legislate the, the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson situation from last training camp that happened like at this exact same time. But uh, we ended up having a really good secondary still, even with all the injuries we had last year. But um, I'm mostly concerned that uh, there will be like an inevitable injury. And we, to our corners, um, one of the inside guys or the outside guys and not having Roby there, like he wasn't great, but he wasn't a disaster either. Um, and I'm just worried about our depth. That's, that's probably my biggest concern. It reminds me of like, we had this almost same conversation when we were so upset about, um, Gardner Johnson last yeah. year. Um, and we were like, we have to trust them on like why they would have done this and like, we'll be okay. And then like, we weren't okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm hoping that that is untrue this year, but we've seen it over and over again. There's always an injury in that part of the yeah. defense. And so I'm going to say it this time, like I'm hoping that the new people they brought in on defense, just like see something in him that, that we don't. Um, and like, they have a belief that he'll be able to learn, um, to learn it on the go because I, I have the same concern Yeah. Um, there. And then my think- other concern is the special teams. Yes. Like that's a big move. And granted Lutz hasn't been the guy that he used to be, but that's two veteran, you know, Gilligan made my player of the week, like many weeks in the dark days of the last two years of being a saints fan. Um, But, you know, they seem to believe in these two rookies. It's just, that's, that's two veterans ish gone and um, taking a bet on two rookies, but in a place that's proved pivotal, particularly when, you know, we didn't have a stellar offense for the past two years. Either. Yeah, for sure. It's pretty wild that Dennis Allen in like what you could call his make or break do or die season is willing to trust like his two special teams, premier spots to rookies. Um, and like, you just know that at least probably a couple games are going to come down to like end of the fourth quarter kicks um from Blake Groupie and uh yeah it just goes to show yeah Dennis Allen and our special team staff really like this kid and like you said Allison and like we've said before Will Lutz as much as we love him was trending down yeah like and it wasn't just like last like he was legitimately bad last year but it wasn't just an aberration last year he's been trending down since 2018 in terms of his his uh completion percentage make percentage. Yeah. I don't know what they call it for kickers, but, um, and aside from his, like, uh, the full season he missed two years ago, but, um, yeah, I, we'll see how it works out. It's like one of those things where like they either made the right call or they didn't, there's really like no in between. So, um, we'll see. I think it's, it's a pretty shrewd, uh, move 
Yeah. Like if Sean Payton wants to give us a seventh round pick for the old kicker whose groin exploded and had several or one unsuccessful mesh surgery, like I feel like it's a matter of time before he is totally washed. And if we can get him and his salary off the books and get a draft pick and go with the younger guy, why not? I agree that Lutz wasn't the long-term answer. It, it's it's just simply like two very inexperienced people at, at positions that I think will be important down the stretch. Like we'll get into our hopes and dreams for the season, but like on paper, this team should be 12 and five. Like the schedule is such a joke, but I think you have to haircut that because of this, because there will be games where like they're prone to make a mistake in an important moment because they haven't been there before. Yeah. I think that's just the, the truth. Is anybody else worried about the running back depth? But your guy. Well, you Jamal Jamal Williams may be a super saiyan, but it always takes more than one to defeat the bad guys. And Kendra Miller, I feel like he's people always are high on him now, though, aren't they? I'm not, but people seem to like him. He was pretty great in college. Uh, but he has not shown a whole lot, at least that we've seen um, yeah. in preseason games. He had the one catch in the second game. That yeah, was that pretty sweet. Yeah. But it's it's hard to tell what's going on because our offensive line hasn't looked – he hasn't been, yeah. you know, running with the ones much. Yeah, that that that's what I was going to say, that it's kind of hard to, like, forecast how – well we think Kendra Miller will play this season just because we haven't seen him behind the starting O-line much this uh, preseason and the drop-off. And it's not just a Saints problem. Like very few teams have a competent backup O-line, which is why you see the teams that like luck or skill somehow into like a healthy O-line end up usually having good seasons and and vice versa. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think we're we're all really excited about Jamal Williams. Think he's going to be really really good and, and be able to hold down the the fort for the for those first three weeks when Alvin's out. Um, but uh, yeah, Kendra is a bit of a question mark. And I mean, I, I don't think we've talked about that uh, he has a groin injury and he might not even play next week uh, potentially. Right. Like they're they're unsure. So that is his health is is what is what concerns me. And like we signed. Um, our old friend Tony Jones Jr. for the practice squad, so he could get elevated. Um, at maybe, hopefully, whatever injury Kendra does have isn't a severe one because we will need him um, in these first three weeks when, when Alvin's out. If, if we have if we have Alvin and Jamal healthy and, and going and not suspended, I'm not too worried about running back three. But um, we need to. Uh, we need to have some production there and some bodies at least um, in, I in feel these like first three weeks. I mean, I hope that they just also use Taysom a little bit. More. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Who is also. Because we, we're pretty deep at tight end otherwise this year, actually. So like, and that's what he's listed as. I just think they're going to have to utilize him a lot. Right. With our, with our depth at tight end and at quarterback. Um, I mean, in terms of just like bodies, um, yeah. we, more than ever. I feel like we did say this last year, but like even more than ever, we should lean into Taysom as our short yardage. Um, I mean, 
and maybe not just short yardage, just like exclusively because that would be a bit of a tell, but um, we should use him as a, as a running like more back. More than just in the red zone, which I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I've said this before, but like I am so hoping and excited to see them use the Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, like zone read package from their BYU days that just like yeah. eviscerated teams. And uh, like, I just have this vision of like Taysom and Jamal, like kind of lined up in like a zone read setup with Michael Thomas, uh, Jawan Johnson, Jimmy Graham, kind of like lined about wide and like a, a, a sixth O lineman uh, ready to like run block. Like how do you stop that in, in like short yardage? Cause like that's a devastating running combination. And then like three, like crazy jump ball receivers. Like, I don't know. I just hope Pete Carmichael shares that same vision with me. I want to see Taysom Hill against the Falcons run through David Onyemata and Caden Ellis at the same time. <laughs> like in a cartoon when some, when one of the characters runs through the wall and their the the outline of their body is imprinted like through the wall. I want to see him do that to them. Um Here's a story about Tony Jones Jr. I'm sure he's a lovely guy in real life. <laughs> But I will never forgive him for the 2021 season, I believe, was the game that we played against Buffalo in primetime in the Dome. And I needed two points in fantasy against Sean to make the playoffs. I needed two points to win. I started Tony Jones Instead of, uh, oh my God, Ty Montgomery was the other running back we had in that game. I needed two fucking points. And Tony Jones Jr. had one yard and he fumbled and they benched him. (laughs) And I fucking lost because of that. I will never forget that. It's burned into my brain. Okay. (laughs) Any other roster shenanigans we want to discuss? Before we move on to the more fun stuff, I think we're. I think those are the key areas of concern. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it would be silly to not talk about Derek Carr. Right. Like. Right. I think that's just everybody. If you're a Saints fan, you obviously know that that's the biggest. Yeah. Thing that we did in off season. I think everything else kind of like went as expected, with maybe also weirdly potentially, uh, Andrews Pete like getting benched yeah um, he's like too expensive to cut yeah. um what a weird but, situation yeah what a weird situation honestly though i mean it's probably like for the best because like someone on our o-line is inevitably going to get hurt and i mean unfortunately it just literally happens every year and so you can plug pete in like if a, if a tackle gets hurt you can kick um james hurst out to tackle and and put pete in or if a guard gets hurt you can put pete in so um yeah, uh, but just a weird situation, and like he's inevitably gone after this year, uh, almost certainly. But um, hopefully, we at least can use him for depth on the offensive line this year because that'll be a big thing going forward. Yeah, I wonder if they're just going to eventually work him back into the lineup. Hmm. I, skill-wise, he's probably like at least in terms of raw talent and pedigree, Pete is probably better than James Hurst. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's just a matter of time before he gets back onto the field. And this is just like a, Hey, you weren't at training camp basically. So yeah. you're going to start the year on the bench type of thing. 
Um, but we'll see. Uh, I certainly like, I don't really care. If, you know, I, they're kind of a toss up to me um, in terms of who gets to start at that spot. Okay, so I want to start with this curveball before we get into the more fun stuff because I don't want to end the podcast with this. Um, for the 2023 season, what is something that you all think could go wrong that no one's talking about? Allison, why don't you jump in first? Um, I mean, I'm nervous about the defense in general. Um, and I think we're just so focused on the offense having potential again that we're not really thinking about the fact that, like, we made these coaching changes on defense. We lost some key people. And like we already talked about with the depth and cornerback, like we always see injuries there. And so I think that we're due for like a bit of a backslide in the defense when like it was kind of just not, I don't think we gave them enough credit in the back half of last year. Cause it was just so depressing what was going on in offense, but like we were a top 10 defense in the last like stretch last year. And like, I just don't know if that's going to happen again. Yeah. And, um, you know, there were plenty of games in the back half where we didn't give up 17 points or more. Like in any other year, we would have won all those games and been like 10 and seven at least last year. Um, I don't see us being as stout this year again. And so I'm nervous about the pressure that's going to put on an offense that already has a lot of pressure on it, particularly pressure on individuals like Michael Thomas and Kamara when he comes off the bench. Like I think if we don't get a great start out the gate, like that could be a huge issue to me. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. always an adjustment period every year. There seems sure. like at least three or four games where we're figuring stuff out and the defense is middle of the road at best. Yeah. yeah. And if we don't produce turnovers, that's always going to put extra pressure on the Which like we too. didn't last year. Right. Really. And a part of that was um, Lattimore's injury. Like he's yeah. always, you know, big with that. I think we had big hopes for Honey Badger that we're just, blah like <laughs> not a yeah. better word for that and and hopefully he was just getting fit in our system too and like we should see more output from him but that was certainly a soft spot for us was um takeaways for i think sure. only oakland was worse yeah ironic for Derek carr <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean i do think I'll, we should see some positive statistical regression um in terms of uh like turnover uh turnovers generated by our defense i mean fumble recoveries are statistically like luck based and like it's a 50 50 proposition. I mean, forcing fumbles is a skill recovering fumbles is luck. Um, and like, we just didn't have luck on our side to an extent last year. Um, so in theory, we should see more turnovers next year, but to your point, Allison, um, a lot of the promise of our defense is based on like our players, like obviously duh, yeah. but some of those players, namely, Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, and Tyron Matthew are like still good players, obviously. Um, but there will be a day where they won't be good players. And does that day come at the same time for all three of them this year? Hopefully not. That would be a disastrous nightmare scenario, but that could happen. Um, and if that does happen, our defense is in big trouble. Um, so avoiding the fall off for those guys is going to be a major pivot point, um, for the success of our defense and ultimately our team. But, um, 
yeah, uh, I, yeah, that's that's probably the best way to sum it up. Okay, I'm going to say something that might sound crazy, but everyone has been talking about Chris Olave, all camp, camp mm-hmm. MVP. He's going to be unbelievable. He's going to have 1,500 receiving yards, 10-plus touchdowns. He looks unstoppable, yada, yada, yada. Obviously, I hope all of that happens. But I am worried that Chris Olave will not be able to stay healthy for a full season. Mm. He was banged up last year, and he's a small dude. And he took a lot of big hits. Um, He had what looked like a really bad – was it during the Panthers game? He, like, fell on his head and Mm. had, like, a kind of gnarly-looking concussion. In general, I do worry about the health of the receivers in general because they haven't been able to stay healthy for the last half a decade. Um, But I just feel like everyone is hyping up Chris Olave so much. A disappointment is kind of inevitable. Yeah. And I'm, again, I hope this doesn't happen, but I think it's possible that Michael Thomas remains healthy for most of the season Chris Olave misses a few games and we, we end up looking back at Olave's performance and we're kind of like, Oh, that wasn't really what we thought it was going to be. I'm sure he'll have a thousand yards, but it may be like last year where he has like 60, 70 catches, just over a thousand yards, five or six touchdowns. And it won't be this, um, you know, offensive player of the year worthy performance. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the hype train is, it's just insane. I've I've like never heard anybody talk about a player like this. Ex- I will say though, they Williams. did they did last year. Like there was a fair bit of hype around him being like a sleeper fantasy pick yeah. and all this stuff before Jameis got hurt when like the deep ball threat was still there. Like my hope I I do think Michael Thomas health like hopefully that is there. Like defenses have to double him still. Like they just do. And so, like, I think part of Olave's injury issues last year was that he was our Michael Thomas. Like, that is who we were just, like, so yeah. heavily crutched on. And and no matter what, with the depth of tight end and with Michael Thomas being back, like, he, that's just not going to be true every single play. And so you have to hope that, like, our opportunity to diversify who we're throwing it to just from having, like, more bodies on the field. And, like, when yeah. Kamara is back, I pray to God we start using him in the passing game again. Like, there shouldn't be as much like singular focus on him. And hopefully that leads to like less opportunities for injury where like when that concussion thing happened, you're talking about Jacob, we were forcing it so hard to him whenever we could on like ridiculous third and longs, like Dalton just like would like throw it up and like pray. And like, he's so good that like a lot of times he would catch it down, but be in just like this shitty like tackle position. Like I have to hope that some of that will sort of like solve itself. That doesn't solve the fact that we all want him to have, a lights out season like I think that we just have to maybe like accept that that's probably not going to be like offensive player of the year worthy but like let's hope let's hope it is like but I do think some of that should relieve itself just from him not being like our only weapon yeah and we're forgetting about Shaheed, my guy yeah like he is who, so who fast is hurt and who is also hurt right now. I, know, oh, well, I think maybe he'll be he won't be I think he won't be like out for a long time and yeah. I think the reason he had some success down the stretch is because people weren't covering him either. So I think that there's just a ton more optionality that should hopefully reduce 
that risk um, that inherently happens when you're the only person people are looking for the ball to go to. Yeah. 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 yeah no, th- those are all good points. Yeah. No, I think that the, the out, like the most probable outcome is someplace in the middle. Like I don't think Chris Olave is going to win offensive play of the year. Like one of my buddies here, who's like a like hardcore fantasy football guy, like literally in like 10 leagues or some shit. Um, he's like, dude, I think Chris Olave is going to be like wide receiver one, like in all of fantasy this year. I'm like, no way. But, um, but I do think he'll have a better year than last year. Um, I mean, you I've probably like sent you guys all those tweets from various like advanced analytics guys, like mapping out the, I don't even know what acronym they use for like all these like advanced receiving metrics, but Chris Olave's season last year, um, not like the raw counting stats, but in terms of like, his like deep targets and all that stuff was basically statistically on par with like the Jamar chases, the Justin Jefferson's, the AJ Brown's, the, um, these like all pro receivers who like that is the kind of career that he portends to have if things keep trending the right way. And like, we presume his quarterback play is going to be improved from last year and that there'll be better um, receiving options next to him, drawing the attention of defenses more so than last year. So like you can see a path forward where he is like a, like no brainer pro bowl receiver going forward borderline, if not like for sure, all pro. Um, But uh, we'll see. It's like really, really fun to see. I mean, like we talked about like his biggest fault last year was his like play strength. And like, he acknowledged that in his end of season uh, interviews and stuff, like either not completing the catch, um, like by getting it like punched out when he definitely should have had it or like hitting the ground, not completing it or like, you know, bumbling after he had caught it. Um, that happened like a handful of times last year in, in like some key moments. And um, if he corrects that stuff, I don't see why he can't be an all pro. Um, yeah. Just exciting. Uh, exciting to, to see him. I'm glad he's exciting on our team. problem to have that we're yeah, worried that he won't. For sure. For sure. Yeah, definitely <laughs> first world problems, first world problems. But um, yeah, I mean, if, if, if Mike, if Mike Thomas can at least be a like bona fide wide receiver two like, 800, 900 yards receiving, like, uh, also, you know, that touchdowns. Michael Thomas hates that people are saying that about him. Like, I oh. think he also is like, I'm wide receiver one. Like, I think there's going to be like healthy competition because yeah. he can't stand that shit for sure. For sure. Um, but I, and also think they're like skill sets complement each other, like really well, yeah. like we can send, uh, Shahid and Olave on those, like, like intermediate, uh, like, bomb routes but then and just have Mike carve up defenses Mike and like Jawan and our and our tight ends like carve up defenses on like the five seven eight nine yard range and just move the chains and just matriculate down the field as mm-hmm. I like to say Sean is there do you have something that you think no one's talking about that could be a concern I mean I think we've really kind of covered it honestly um I mean, yeah, my biggest concern is, yeah, Lante Taylor's learning curve in the slot. And, like, I mean, it's an obvious thing because I feel like every team could say this. But, yeah, just, like, our depth, our health. Like, I I believe in our first team O-line, but if, like, one of them gets hurt, I feel like it might be a house of cards. But that being said, like, I mean, I don't know. Like we said, having Andrews Pete be our sixth O-lineman, at least to potentially start the season, I do think that's a good thing. But, like, if – two backup alignment have to play, then I think we're in real trouble. Um, 
I don't know. I, 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 we had a ton of turnover on the coaching staff, particularly on, on the defense, but uh, I, I have liked what I've seen so far um, just from reading interviews and stuff and knowing the backgrounds of some of these dudes. And like, I think it was kind of a needed change. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, the other I, thing is like Dennis Allen. Yeah. So, okay. So, so that's the other thing. Beat yes. a dead horse. Our yeah. Last year was like, F this guy. Yeah. Um, Hopefully he turns it around. Right. I, I feel like that's like the unsaid. Known yeah. It's just that there's this like, well, we'll get into it when we talk about like our season predictions and stuff, but like I have like a Dennis Allen tax on my expectations Same. of the team. Um, and well, yeah, we'll get into that. Okay, well, so let's let's get into that. Um, let's get into that. Yeah, I just want to check in with everybody about where you're at mentally, what your expectations are, how you think the season's going to go. Um, the vibes have been pretty positive all off season. Um, Derek Carr is exciting, and I, I I will say that. You know, the last two years being a Saints fan, it's been, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's unprecedented because we were all around for the Hazlitt years and we also were around for the Jim Mora and Mike Ditka years too. We were just much, much younger, but it's been uh, a transitional period for the team. And, you know, personally for a lot of us too, between the pandemic and, having kids and all these things that are happening in our lives. And it's been football, I think has maybe for me taken a bit of a backseat at times. And especially last year, my heart wasn't really in it um, the way it has been for most of my life. And this year I feel excited again about football for the first time in a long time. I'm really looking forward to it. I think, and we've talked about this before, the schedule is easy on paper. Derek Carr on paper is a massive upgrade over Andy Dalton. Um, I mean, I think key- off paper, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But- I feel like, I feel like the uh, like epitaph for the season should be, it's like, on paper, the 2023 New Orleans Saints. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of reason to be excited. I mean, this should be at least a 10-win team. Like, we should win the division. I think the Just the having Falcons, flashbacks to last year, I think we did this exact thing. Yeah. Like, we did. We said the same thing. Insane Groundhog Day vibes. Yeah. But something feels different about this. I will, um, I will relay your excitement. Like, I'm... I'm so excited. What's different this year versus last year, even more so, is that our division is just a fucking dumpster fire. Right. Like, yeah. like there is no world where we shouldn't at least go five and one in those games, barring some like freakish, like I don't even know which quarterback I would say. Like maybe Atlanta, Atlanta's running game is very strong. Like maybe they beat us in Atlanta. I don't know. Like that. This. But that's why we're all saying on paper. I just think like we have a real quarterback. We upgraded all of our weapons. Again, we literally said all this last year, so whatever. Um, except last year we didn't upgrade our quarterback. But we have weapons. We have. I think we have the easiest schedule in the NFL. Yes. 
it's yeah. Well, so like I think Mike and actually, I did this the other day because yeah. the Giants have all this hype up here, right? Yeah. And so we just like both went through our schedules. <laughs> like the Giants aren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, the Saints are going to go twelve and five. Like they should probably be better than that. But that's my what you called Sean. I like that Dennis Allen text. I was like, but we're definitely going to blow like three games that we should win. Yeah. We might be six and zero. Oh. Like it's possible. You no, know, the first six are especially six ridiculous. Like yeah. I don't see a challenge until the Jaguars, and I also think they're overrated. Yeah, I I randomly get mad remembering that we went zero and four against the Bucks and Panthers last year when like those like all four games were extremely winnable and both those teams were like total dog shit. Like no, I, when like, I when I think about the final Bucks game, I like get nightmare. Yeah. Like I, it's nightmarish. Right. That was right. horrible. Um. Yeah. Like I so I think either by last season's win totals and uh, this season's Vegas win projections, I think we have the second easiest schedule in the league behind the Falcons. Actually, like like barely. Yeah. But it's it's very funny. Like some national media and like big football Twitter accounts have started to post like wow, like Saints schedule is like really easy, like both in terms of like the teams that we play, but also our, our opposing quarterback list is, yeah. it's hilarious. Uh, like Kirk Cousins is, is the, the no, best is the quarterback, best quarterback, we, quarterback play we play this year. Yeah. And like- I would actually t- argue it's Danny Dimes or Trevor I mean, Lawrence, but- Trevor yeah, Lawrence, Danny Dimes. I am Dimes, a DJ stan, as you guys know, but- Dan- yeah. But that's so late in the season, their their season could be over. Right. That's that's because they have a really hard schedule. That's yeah, true. like Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, like and like half of these games are at home. Like it's it's crazy how Also you guys know who they were saying this about last year? The Eagles. Yeah. So that like I feel like health is always because the Eagles were really healthy last year. Yeah. I think their true. entire O line played the entire season. Same with the Rams two years ago. Like same with the Bucks when they won the Super Bowl. Like it's wild you, the correlation between O line health and like team winning like at a high level in a season. It's wild. But if we okay, I've got a pregnant wife who uh, wants to go get breakfast soon. So I will say that I believe <laughs> the uh, Saints. So that's funny. I think the Saints should go twelve and five this year, but. Um, I am still highly skeptical of Dennis Allen and that he will make the types of aggressive decisions that a winning, a good winning football team should make. So I'm officially going to like lock in a 10 and seven prediction, but 10 and seven will be good enough for us to comfortably win the NFC South because it's a garbage division this year. So um, a 10 and seven, season but for a team that's like a little bit better than that but i am out on dennis allen until hopefully proven otherwise i'm gonna i'm gonna say and you know these predictions are kind of meaningless at this point but 11 and 6 that will be my my prediction for the season and i think one of the games we lose will be against bryce young and the panthers because we always seem to lose weird games against them. Yeah. We can't yeah. seem to win in Carolina. Uh, Allison, you I want really to really hope it's not the one on Monday night. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that would suck. I think yeah, that game is – it's in Carolina. It's their home opener. It is. So. It's their yeah. home opener. Yeah, it's week two. Allison, what do you think? 
you want to throw out a win total? Yeah, I'm going to stick with my 12 and five um, optimistic view. Um, I just, I looked at the schedule again this morning and I was just like, there is, it would, that would be disappointing to me unless some team on there is like some surprise, like, like, I would just be shocked. Like, I think we'll murder the Lions. I think that division is very weak and the order that we get those teams is very good. Like we get the Packers early when Jordan Love hasn't had enough time to really like get his groove on. Like I, five losses is, I think like there's some BS errors that, that go on <laughs> that get us there. Um, <laughs> but that's me being optimistic. Like, like that meme you sent us, Sean, with the Barbie and the Oppenheimer, like that, is every year and I'm trying to be a little more realistic and not be so excited but I just think I think the, the stars have aligned at least from yeah. the schedule the order of which we have harder games um in terms of health also yeah yeah knock on like all the wood and touch the rabbit's feet and uh everything but we're healthier this year coming out of training camp than we have been in the last couple of years and at some point like health variance has to swing back in our favor. Turnover variance does as well. And if like, even if we're only a little less injured and have a few more turnovers than we did last year, that's good enough to win probably three or four more games when we were yeah. seven and 10 last year. So, and I mean, that's not even talking about the presumed improvements in quarterback play and um, our improved run defense, which was like legitimately bad last year. Um, uh, man, uh, yeah, I, I do think we will win the division handily and um, we can talk playoffs hopefully when that time comes. <laughs> we have plenty of time for that. But um, yeah, Saints are uh, back. Football season's here. Um, and uh, let's get it. Yeah, I will be at the game next Sunday. Nice. So I'm, nice. I'll report back on the, uh, the renovated Superdome. I've I've heard half the bathrooms are still outside, which I actually like didn't mind last year. I don't know. It was better than watching some dude from Chalmette piss into the sink, uh, which seems to happen every time I'm in the Superdome. Um I I think we're due. We're due for some luck. I agree, Sean. I think we're our fortunes have to reverse eventually. But okay, on that note, we gotta get out of here. Um, Sean, do you want to ad lib any sort of ad reads? This, this will probably be the final time before we actually have oh, real sponsors. Before we sell out to the man. Yeah. <laughs> we sold our souls to, uh, some local businesses. So this is it. Yeah. Give it, give it your all. Oh man. No pressure. Well, I uh, would like to give a shout out to groupies groupies the number one fan club for your new starting kicker of the New Orleans Saints, Blake Groupie. Groupies, groupies, when you need a little extra kick to get things going in your day, groupies, groupies. I, does, does anybody know if there's like sound of Lou Headley saying Blake Groupie's name? I feel like... I'm sure there will be. Blake Groupie. I want to hear it. Uh, Allison just vanished. She, she was too disgusted with my ad read. Okay. So for Allison and Sean and Bryce, who may or may not exist. Oh, and Teddy. 
Daddy, you say hi. Do you want to do the ad read? No. <laughs> he just woke up. Teddy He's hates awake. capitalism. <laughs> say hi, everybody. The Saints are going to be the best, right? That's right. Unfortunately, okay. our listeners can't see the adorable baby that has just made an appearance. Look. All right. Look. <sighs> what a what a stud! What a handsome guy! Yeah, he's a redhead. Just like Sean. <laughs> All right. On that note, I have on to go that. feed the beast. <laughs> All right. On that note, yes. Hopefully, hopefully, much like Teddy, the Saints don't shit themselves this year. <laughs> Womp, womp. Womp, womp. <laughs> it's okay, Teddy. Yeah, it's okay. I still love you. That's right. And much like the Saints, we will still love them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. For all of our co-hosts, I'm Jacob Grasno, and this has been Black and Gold BS, the irreverent yeah. Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. Until next time, who dat? Who dat? Who dat?